everybody to TBJ Sports Talk. I'm your host Thomas Bayan. A little different crew today. We have uh, Declan Nuge Ferry back on and we have uh, Andrew Martin who's joining us uh, via telephone. Uh, Marty, how we doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be a part of it. I've been listening to the podcast and you know I just felt like I wanted to be part of one. Awesome. Well, uh, today is all hockey talk. We haven't really done our due diligence with, uh, with hockey, so we're going to try and talk some hockey... Uh, today so um let's start out uh let's start out here um a lot of teams you know, obviously now the season's been paused um you know with the, all the COVID-19 um stuff it stopped every sport um and hockey's no exception um who let's start with you Declan who has been your surprise team so far uh in the league yeah I'm gonna go in the uh bad category here with the San Jose Sharks I mean, obviously, you got two, in my opinion, top five defensemen in the game to pair with Evander Kane and uh, Joe Thornton up front. And you, when you have that combination, you cannot be bottom three teams in the league. That just, that's just no excuse for that. That's a that should be a playoff caliber team with the amount of talent they have, and they just they did not get it done this year. No, they haven't at all. They've they're right. That's and they have. It's not like they have bad goaltending. Martin Jones is a good. They have. It seems like they have everything, and oh, they should yeah, be that, able to do more. The team should have been stacked. They were a cup favorite coming into the season, and uh, now they're like what, fourteenth, fifteenth in the West. Yeah, they're. Um, let's see. Let's put up. They're last in the in the They're yeah. twenty nine and thirty six. That's awesome. So it's not not a good season for them. What about you, Marty? Now, real quick about Marty. He's a uh, he's a Bruins fan, which doesn't bode well with me and Declan, but we'll, we're able to put it behind us. But uh, Marty, who's been your uh, surprise team so far? Uh, in the NHL. Well, I'll, I'll go the other direction that that Nuge went. I'll go with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, they've they've had one of the best seasons that they've that in, a, in franchise history. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that this season had to had to pause. You know, where they're at right now. Uh, Flyers last year, you know, really they didn't make the playoffs. They uh, they picked eleventh uh, or twelfth, I think, in the in the draft. I didn't really see them. As, as a breakout team this year, you know, but players like Giroux and Voracek and um, especially Couturier and, and Konechny um, after returning from an injury, they've helped this team. And, um, I, you know, in my opinion, I think if the, if the season were to resume, 
they're they're a conference final caliber team. Absolutely, they're at they're forty one twenty one and seven, and their home record just jumps off the chart for me. They're twenty five six and four, and they've been hot. Like they, I think they at one point they've had two or three like five or six game win streaks. I yeah, mean they yeah they're they're really hot yeah. Yeah, when they get hot, they're they're a tough team to mess with. I'm gonna go with um, a team that I didn't really think much of going into the year, and that was um, Arizona. And the reason I'm putting them in a surprise category, they are fifth in the wild card. They're 33, 29, and eight. The thing that surprised me about them is I did not expect the the Phil Kessel trade. Uh, came out of nowhere to me. I, I thought they were going to trade Kessel because I know they were kind of in a bind with the salary cap, but I couldn't, I didn't see Arizona because I remember, because I'm a Sabres fan, Arizona was always in like the same category as the Sabres. When the Sabres were picking first on uh, the draft or second, Arizona was like right behind them and they were hoping for their lottery pick. And it kind of makes me mad as a Sabres fan to see them now kind of have a little bit more success or at least have more players and then they added Taylor Hall, and they have um, Ekman Larson, who's over there on defense. So they have they have a good team, and I I know they still don't really sell out that arena, which is kind of a shame. But they they they're surprising to me. I was not expecting the uh, the Kessel trade, and then I guess once they got him, and then they were hot. Then they added Taylor Hall, but then they kind of went cold, and now they're a little closer um, to 500. So no, I thought those are good surprise teams. And there's yeah. I mean we all know that. We knew that Boston was going to be good. We knew that the Caps and the Blues and the um, and the Maple Leafs would be good and the Lightning. But it's always fun to see those those uh, surprise teams. Yeah, and uh, you remember that uh, McDavid Eichel draft? It was us and last. You remember Coyotes second to last? They really mm-hmm. fell out there. You could tell all those fans were pissed. But look at them now; they're they're pushing for the pushing for the playoffs hard, and they got they got a pretty good team this year. I was I was also surprised with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's uh, let's shift to this. Now, the NHL is one of the four major sports between the NFL, MLB, and the NBA. They they kind of struggle in the sense, you know, football is is the king of, of America right now. They're they're number one. You probably have to say basketball second, with um, especially in the playoffs. People, I mean, their their regular season is you know not. I don't. I wouldn't say a lot of people watch it, but it's not it's not as popular as maybe some other regular seasons like the um, the um, the NFL. But hockey is, it's, it's fourth, it's last. It's, I mean, they, they do bring in, in good money, but it's, they're just not on the, you know, they don't have the television markets that, that the NFL does or MLB. Um, I mean, I love watching them, the playoffs. And I, th- I love watching hockey. Hockey is such a sport. It's got the, the physicality of football. It's got speed. It's, it's fast paced. It's a great sport when it's played right. And, you know, I know my dad always tells me about the, uh, he calls you know, the glory days back in like the, the 80s and the 90s and, you know, all those, all these great teams. And when the hockey, it was just played differently. But now guys, I mean, they, they train all the time. They, they block shots. I mean, when was the last time, you know, a slap shot, you know, from the point goes in? They really don't now. And it's just kind of interesting. Like, Nuge, what do you, let's start with you. What do you think the hockey needs to do to, to get on the level of some of these other sports? Well, I know I uh, I just really think they got to market their best players better. Like you really don't see much on television, whether it be cable or Netflix and ads and stuff like that. You really don't see much about those best players. Whereas I think basketball, you certainly see a lot, 
football you see a decent amount and baseball you still see a decent amount they run commercials i really don't see hockey commercials that much and i really think it's going over like the younger fans like our generation i really think the people that aren't into hockey they're not getting into it because they, they're just not informed about it like i think if once you watch a game of hockey you're hooked because it's a great game to watch very exciting high paced but not a lot of people are turning on the t- television to look for a hockey game if they're not specifically hockey fans what do you think marty what do you think they have to do to in order to get get up with these other sports well i think one of the biggest problems is when um you know when gary bettman said that uh that professional athletes will not be allowed to partake in the olympics and um you know i remember watching soshi you know that that olympics and, and watching uh oshi you know dominate that shootout everyone remembers that but um you know when when the nhl players you know weren't allowed to go to the olympics i think that that really took a downturn towards their marketing because you know it's just everyone everyone tuned in to watch um you know the olympics in in uh, soshi you know with the hockey and you know how crazy that olympics was and especially the one in vancouver um, you know, when Team Canada won in overtime. Um, so I think when when um, when Bettman said no more, that uh, that really hurt, you know, the NHL fans. And, and especially now that uh, the World Cup isn't expected to, you know, premiere again for a while at least, you know, how fun that was in, in 20, 2016, I think, um, in Toronto. So these major events that they're missing out on, to to sort of boost the uh, the fan count is is crucial you know in my opinion so the olympics and the world cup my top two reasons yeah i definitely i definitely remember that world cup team north america it was really fun seeing all those under 25 players really work mm-hmm. together see the up and coming players in the nhl that was that was one of my favorite parts of that tournament nice For jerseys sure. too oh yeah nice Great jerseys games. yeah oh yeah yeah that was that's a good point. You know, I would I never would have even have thought of that because you're right. The the Olympics, everybody tunes in and watches the Olympics. Everybody does. Sure. Everyone wants to watch, no matter what the no matter if it's hockey, swimming, or even ping pong. People are going to tune in and watch the and watch the Olympics because they want to root for for their country and there's so much pride in that. And I oh, I that now I'm getting the chills thinking of Oshi. Just he kept going against um against the Russians and um in Sochi. Oh, that was awesome. And then. Obviously, I remember it was, uh, I think, the Olympics before that. It was U.S. and Canada. And uh, yep. I remember Crosby scored that goal against uh, Ryan Miller, which um, still kind of haunts um, yeah. USA. But that was, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great point that we're that the NHL is definitely missing on. I think that, I mean, the NHL doesn't have, and you're right, Declan, they don't have, they don't take their star players and put put them out there. Like, you see LeBron... Kawhi, Giannis, you see all these guys and they're on commercials, they're doing this and that. You know, baseball has um, you know, Mike Trout who's always talking, you know, who has his slow, you know, let the kids play. You have football, you know, Patrick Mahomes is now becoming the face mm-hmm. of the sport. But you don't see in hockey, I mean the best player in the world right now is Connor McDavid and we don't really hear much from him. Is that cuz he's in Edmonton? No, it's it's well it doesn't help, but the NHL doesn't you know, put them out there enough. And I, I wonder if I like that they do that Wednesday night rivalry. I like that. I'd like to see more like kind of Sunday night games, like put them more in, in times like that. But 
I wish there was more scoring in the NHL. It seems like there's too many two to one games. I, I I don't want games to be like seven to six, but maybe like a four to three, a five four game. You know, I love the three on three overtime. I think that's oh, yeah. one of the greatest things they've done. I mean, just the it's like controlled chaos. It's like you're sitting there on the edge of your seat and you're just waiting for like because a, a fast break's gonna come. There's gonna be two on ones. There's gonna be breakaways, and you're just waiting for it. And then when it happens, you're I mean, you're done. It's you're you're going nuts. I know I've jumped up and down in my living room when when Eichel's on these uh, the three on threes. So no, those are great points, and hopefully the NHL does catch up with these other sports because it is such a great game to uh, to watch. And and I know us three, we've all played. Um, it's also a uh, really fun sport to play as well. I uh, you know I, one more thing. I really I don't know what happened, but do you see the fights in the games really start to decrease? And I think if you want to increase ratings, is it a bad idea to kind of push that some more? Because that would definitely be on the highlight reels, and you would see more people tuning in. Like back, like you said, in the glory days, uh, 80s, 90s, there were fights every night, and you really hardly see fights anymore. They get broken up immediately. And I really think that might have something to do with the ratings not accelerating as fast as they should. Yeah, and to, uh, to branch off of that, um, back in the, you know, even 10 years ago we would see you know we'd see these these fourth line grinders be up on the first line protecting their superstars um we saw i i think you know one of the last players like that is tom wilson you know how he plays sometimes on a line with ovechkin or kuznetsov you know he's a enforcer but he can also score and you know we saw this we saw this with crosby we saw it with um you know, Edmonton with Gretzky years ago, you know, you'd have these, these big, you know, enforcers on that first line or even second line, you know, protecting their superstars. And, you know, like you said, Nuch, you're, you're not seeing any more fighting that much. And, and um, you know, the ratings are suffering because of it. Yeah, the physicality is definitely missing from um, from the sport. I mean, people, when they watch the NFL, they love seeing some of these big hits and these mm-hmm. big tackles. But in the NHL, the, the physicality has, has really left. You know, there's no big hits anymore. You know, the, the you know brawls. I remember, you know, always watching brawls. And, 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 you know, obviously in these times, you know, everyone talks about player safety, and I'm not trying to take away from that. I think player safety is important. But, I mean, I, I loved watching watching fights. I mean, there's like five fights that I can think of off the top of my head. I remember, um, and even big hits, like the Jake McCabe hit on Patrick Laine. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. The, the Sabre Senators uh, brawl, I remember. I remember when uh, Vander Kane went um, three fights with uh, Petrovic and won all three of them, the guy against Flo- in Florida. So all these things, they stick in our head, but now it seems like the NHL is getting more to um, to speed and, you know, being kind of flashy, but which is great. I think you need to have that, but I think there needs to be more of a healthy balance to it. And that's, yeah. I think we all kind of share that opinion. But hopefully they get back to that. But, you know, the John Scotts of the world have kind of disappeared. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was, you know, talking about there is just like these enforcers are just kind of disappearing from the nhl and you're seeing a lot more youth and speed and yeah you know it's great to watch you know speed Connor mcdavid speed you know it's great but i i think i think uh nine out of ten people you know want to see a fight in a game you know because that's that's what you know non-hockey fans really look for is it physical stuff because they don't you know some people don't really understand the rules in hockey so they just like to look for violence, you know, for physical plays and, and fights. And, yeah, it's becoming more speed and uh, youthfulness, and that's great. But, you know, you got you to gotta mix in a fight here and there. 
and and physicality and fights. I mean, they can benefit your team. I mean, if your team's on a three-game losing skid and they're losing three to one to a team that they should beat, I'd love to see someone on our team take a stand and f- and fight someone and you know or make a big hit, try to get his guys going. I think that's one of the biggest things you know in sports. You know, you see that, and then he kind of you know looks um to his bench and says, you know you know, let's get it going, you know, let's, yeah. let's rally and let's, you know, play like we should be playing. So it, it has its purpose. It's not just, you know, goons out there just taking headshots. No, you know, sometimes there's a purpose to it, but obviously right. player safety and all that stuff, they kind of think that it overrules, but I think there, there is a common ground that, that, that we should hopefully, hopefully find. All right, let's shift to this. Um, right now in the, um, Hopefully uh, hockey resumes, and um, I'm not sure what they're going to do, if they're going to play a few more games. And then, you know, hockey and basketball are kind of in a a fortunate situation where they can play in arenas. You know, like like baseball is kind of tough because they have to play outdoors, and eventually when it gets to September, October, that's when the season should be wrapping up because it's cold outside. You can't play baseball in 35-degree weather. But hockey and basketball, doesn't matter what the weather is because you're playing inside. But hopefully when um, when hockey returns, um, we'll see a great um, race to the Stanley Cup. I think that um, people have said that the Cup is the hardest one to win because it's every game or every series is seven games and the physicality and the grind on your body is is unbelievable. So right now, Marty, we'll start with you. Who do you think right now is the most equipped to win the Stanley Cup in your opinion? Well, I, I'd like to say the Bruins. I'd like to say it, but... Um... You know, I'm I'm actually not going to go with the Bruins here. Um, you know, the Bruins they they've got a great team. They've got some great studs. You know, a couple breakout players. Pashnak's having a year, but um, I'm going to go with the Avalanche here. Colorado, you know, they're 42, 20 and eight so far. They've got 92 points in the year. Um, you know, they just got they just got depth. You know, down the line. You, you know, I remember last year that was their one problem was they didn't have enough secondary scoring. You know, they had Ratnan, they had McKinnon, they had Landeskog, and then it was straight down. This year, you know, you're seeing rookies like Cal McCarr. Um, he's not a rookie, but Sam Gerrard also, you know, who's – they're both on the back end. You know, they're starting to score a little bit more. Um, you know, they added Nazem Kadri. You know, they have Burakovsky, who's a 20-goal scorer. And you're seeing rookies like Martin Kaut. Um you know, starting to emerge, and they've got great goaltending. Grubauer, you know, who's injured. Francois, you know, takes the takes the job between the pipes, and he's done great. So, you know, if the playoffs were, were to start, you know, or the regular season was to finish, and the playoffs were to begin, I think the Avalanche would have the best chance to win the cup because of their, you know, their depth. It's just crazy. Absolutely, that's a. I didn't even think about the Avalanche. They have had a great year. I mean, McKinnon's a stud. He's a top mm-hmm. top three player, top five player in the league. He's fantastic. That's a great point. I love the Avalanche. They're they're a fun team to watch. They have a lot of speed, and they yeah. and they can play physical when um when they need to be. Declan, what about you? Who is your team to uh, most equipped to win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I'm gonna stick in the West here. I'm gonna go with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I'm thinking you got the best player in the world in McDavid. Obviously, I really don't think that's up for debate anymore by too many people. And then you got the league MVP this year in my mind, Leon Dreisaitl. He's going off. He's having breakout season. Everyone thought he would have. So when you have those two guys up front, the rest of your team really just has to be average, keep you afloat while they do all the work. 
and I think they're built to do that. Like they have, they don't have anyone that sticks out on defense, but they're solid. Their goaltending solid, and you have two top five players in the league this year up front scoring goals for you. I really don't think it's it's that complicated. Just have your goalies three or under, and I think they'll do the rest. Absolutely, they're they are a good team to watch. I you know I I do love seeing, and I always felt bad for McDavid because I always when they traded away Hall and all this stuff and. I always felt like uh, McDavid is he gonna like you know is his career gonna die up in Edmonton? But no, now they have Drysaitel who's performing, and they have um, you know some other guys that are helping push that. And when him and McDavid are scoring at the rate that they are, they're a scary team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, and Nugent Hopkins, you know who we've who we've seen sort of emerge, you know, as a second line center. You know, a lot of people want to put him under the bust category, you know, but in my opinion. Like Mitch said, you know, the success of your two best players branches off into, you know, some of these other guys. And Nugent Hopkins, I think he, he's close to a point per game. I don't know his exact stats, but he's very close to a point per game. And, you know, I, I think they're a force to be reckoned with for many more years. And Nugent Hopkins, I mean, he doesn't maybe put the puck in the net as much as those two guys, but he is one of the best passers in the uh-huh. NHL. He, yeah. I mean, he can get the the puck to his goal to his scores um, without a problem. And I'm not sure who's on his line now, um, but I know he's able to uh, to dish the puck out really well, which is a very important thing when you have guys like that on your roster. My um, yeah, agree. my my surprise my my team that I think is most equipped. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, with Marty's team. I'm gonna go with the Boston Bruins. I mean, that first line is, I mean, it's not even fair with Pasternak. Marshawn and um, Patrice Bergeron. I mean, it's unbelievable the, that line that they have. Um, was Bergeron hurt for a little bit, uh, Marty? Yeah, I mean, he had this problem last year. I don't know his exact injury this year, but he definitely missed a couple games. Yeah. Yeah, he's. But I mean, when when those three are going, I mean, they're it's unbelievable. And people, you know, different teams have different philosophies. Should we have you know four good lines or should we have one power line? But, I mean, yeah, the Bruins have that one power line, but they've gotten scoring from other guys. You know, Charlie Coyle, he's been doing – he has 37 uh, points this year. The kid I love, and me and Marty have talked about this before, is um, – and you can speak on this more than I can. You watch more of their games – is uh, Charlie McAvoy, the young defenseman. I absolutely love him. I think he's – I mean, he's got five goals, 27 assists. He is I, – I absolutely love him. And, I, and as a defenseman myself – uh, when I play hockey, I play defense, and he is fantastic. The way he plays in his own zone, I think he makes one of the better passes um, for a breakout that I've seen in the league right now. He's fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, in 2016, you look back at that draft and the fact that so many teams, you know, skipped over him. You know, I think he was I think he was 16th overall, 15th or 16th, and um, – you know, you look back, that's such a steal. That is such a steal. McAvoy, you know, he's he's a workhorse. He may not be, you know, this 65, 70-point defenseman that, you know, everybody wants. But, you know, to play alongside a, a player like Chara, you know, who's going to help him? I mean, the knowledge and the and the, the poise that this kid already has, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Completely agree. And as much as I hate him, uh, Brad Marchand, um, as much as I hate <laughs> the guy, I mean – he, he's he's got 28 goals, 59 assists, and then you know obviously Pashnak, like you said, is having, I mean, a career year at 48 goals, 47 assists. I mean he's yeah. he's um he's been unbelievable, and I I remember when he uh 
think he a game in Buffalo. I went to two of the games and then they played in um, in Buffalo, and I think he had uh, two or three goals uh, over those two games. I mean, he's just he's. I mean, that whole line is just unbelievable. I'm gonna go yeah. with an honorable mention here team here. I'm gonna go with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I feel like they're really not getting hyped up as they should. They got they got some depth scoring scoring. Sebastian Aho, I think, is a budding young superstar at 22 years old, having a breakout year. Uh, Dougie Hamilton in the back end, he's still young. I really think that team can compete as we saw last year. They have that swagger to them that you need them to win in the playoffs, and I think they're built to compete in the future as well. That skull chant that they do is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Tommy, I wanted to ask you about uh, about another team. You know, I don't know if you've really been paying attention to them, but what do you think of the you know the Blue Jackets losing losing two players like Panarin and Bobrovsky? They they stayed afloat, you know, even with injuries. Um, you know, do you think a team like that can make it past the first round? You past the first round, um, it's going to be tough because they're right now they're the second wild card team, and I give them a lot of credit. Like you said, they lost two two great players. But, I mean, right now they're 33, 22, and 15. That 15 sticks out to me because, I mean, 15 overtime losses. I mean, if you just take half of those and put them in wins, they're a top three team. So I I want I hope they do because I, I really do like watching. I really love watching them play. But it's going to be tough to, to beat a team in the first round like Washington or even a Boston or whoever they end up playing. Um, I mean, right now they're tied with Carolina for that um, – with 81 points, um, and then they're behind uh, Pittsburgh and for the top three in the Metropolitan as Pittsburgh's at 86 right now. But the thing that – that's the one thing that makes me nervous is them playing a team like that. But last year, um, wh- what did we see? We saw them uh, beat the uh, the Lightning in, yeah. uh, in four games. I mean, that was, nobody thought that. I mean, I don't even think I expected that game to go to five games or six, and I thought it would have been Tampa winning. I, I thought that w- would have been a – a stepping stone for Tampa Bay, but I mean they play hard. That's one thing about them is they're they're gonna play hard. I I like them out of the first round. I mean I don't want to doubt them, but boy that's gonna be tough. And I I hope they. I mean that they have to fish off the uh, the Islanders and the Rangers as they're only one and two points behind them. So um, what do you guys think of the Rangers this year? I mean they added um uh per, uh for, mm-hmm. from the uh, yeah. Blue Jackets and then um. Capo Caco, well, I think the best name in hockey. Best name, and I think he's the best rookie this year. He's fantastic, he's been, isn't he? He's been amazing. Very 18 years man. old, playing Very. in New York City. Yeah. I think I give him a lot of credit. They're really trying to push here in what could be the final years. We're seeing the Lundquist, which who is an icon. Um, so I really give him a lot of credit. I don't, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs because, like I said, Carolina – Carolina's good. You got the Blue Jackets that are good, and you still got a Toronto still in the mix there at 81 points. So I think it's going to be kind of difficult for them to make the playoffs, but I do think they might. They're going to be good, maybe one two years. What do you think, Marty, about the Rangers? I absolutely love the Rangers. You know, we. I think everyone saw Mika Zibanejad's five goal night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but the Rangers. The 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 thing about the Rangers is they're. They're just so, you know, they're ready for the future. They're just so ready for the future. I think, you know, like you said, Nuge, this might be Hank's last year. Um, he could get bought out, you know, and, and sign with another team. We don't really know. They haven't really released anything about him. But we do know that the Rangers have an incredible 
incredible future ahead of them. Sabanajad's young. Panarin's got, you know, he, I think he's 28, 28 or 29, still, you know, in his prime. Capo Caco, one of the best players to come out of last year's draft, you know, and I know, um, I know their backup goaltender, um, Igor Shesterkin, you know, who's, who's hurt, I think still, but, um, you know, I, he's like, uh, I think he's 24, you know, and he was, he won his first like nine starts, you know, as a rookie. So it would, it would be a very, it would be a surprise if the Rangers made the playoffs because of that tight race in the East. But, you know, I, I think like you said, Nuge, you know, give it one, maybe two years, they're top the metropolitan. I think, you know, they're just great team, great team. They are great. They do. They are very well rounded. I remember when they traded away, um, McDonough, um, they may and um, I think they were they were talking about trading Chris Kreider and then they ended up uh, re-signing and hanging on to him. Um, who was the other? They traded somebody else uh, pretty good. Um, JT Miller, I think. Yes, JT yeah. Miller. Yes, and they, um, you know, that's when they started to kind of build, uh, break it down. But then really quickly, they they're right back up with the signings of um, their free agent signings and then um, drafting uh, Capo Caco, who at 18 years old is having a, an extraordinary year. So I give them a lot of credit. It seems like they're they're doing it the right way. And, I mean, growing up, I really, I really, really hope they make the playoffs because I think Lundqvist deserves a shot at the Cup again because I, I still think it's ridiculous the amount he has not really been in the playoffs that much. And he is, in my opinion, one of the best goaltenders of our generation. I mean, we all grew up watching him playing for the Rangers, but there's five teams within three points of that wild card race in two spots. So. Yeah. I don't really like their chances for that, but never know. And they traded Mad Zuccarello away last yeah. year too. He was the other one that I forgot. And I remember watching a video of Lundqvist. He was uh, he was like crying over it because he he loved him. And he's I mean he's just he's New York Ranger. He's Mister Ranger right now. Besides um, I mean no he I mean currently right now he's he's the face of your of your uh, franchise right now. Eventually it'll probably be Kako and uh, but no he's he's fantastic. All right, let's let's move on to this. Now, a lot of people uh, who listen to our show are from uh, Western New York, um, and a lot of them are are wondering to themselves, what in the world do the Sabers have to do to get over the hump and finally make the playoffs? Obviously, they have a new coach this year. Um, they made a few trades. Um, you know, they've got uh, Jimmy VC in, who didn't really pan out the way he wanted to. They have um, uh, Marcus Johansson, uh, who kind of who came in. He's a good leader. He plays hard, but he hasn't really put the puck in the net as much as we want. And you know, they they've made trades to address the blue line. I do like their defensive core corps right now. Um, you know, with Dalene and and Risto, and um, I love y- uh, Yoki Haru. Um, they finally got Bogosian out of town, so they. I mean, I like their defense. The problem for me with the Sabers, I, I like their top six. You know, Skinner, yes, he's streaky, but. I mean, you had to pay him. You knew you were going to pay him to keep him around. Um, yeah. Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt. And then who who else am I missing here? Who else is in their top six? Olofsson. Olofsson is nice. He's had a great year. I mean, they, they have a good establishment of top six players. But the problem is I can't – they're bottom six. And that's where these – it's like the young players that come up from, you know, AHL and they end up – you know, doing well. And that's, that's your bottom six. And if you don't, I mean, look at all the teams that we mentioned before that are well-equipped to win the, uh, the cup. Every single one of them has 
a great top six, but their bottom six forwards, their third and fourth line, are able to give you 10, 15 goals and put put the puck in the net. As, because you can't always rely on Eichel to, to be everything. So I, I think that's really where it has to start. Yeah, and here's the thing. I really, you see with these teams, they're drafting players and they're helping right away. The Sabres really have not had that they've been developmental players even in the first round you see like Reinhardt obviously is he's productive now but it took him a couple years then you know you go and draft Middlestat at a high school couldn't even do a pull-up at the combine so he's gonna he's gonna take a while to develop I think they really rushed him a little bit I think he needs maybe another year in the AHL and then who'd we draft this year? I, I was Dylan Cousins. Him. Dylan Cousins. I really he like could him. be up. He could be up next year. He, he'll he'll be up next year, but he needed a year. Like he wasn't always he wasn't he wasn't going to come and produce right away. And then that goalie who I can never pronounce his name. Uko Pekalukinen. Yeah, but they were really high on him. But he's been what overseas for the past three years. He needs time. I really think Sabres fans, myself included, get a little edgy. And they want to win right away, and that's that's just not going to happen. We're drafting good players; they just need time to prove that they're good players, and it's not going to happen in the league right away. What do you think, Marty? What have you seen from uh, from the Sabers on what they they need to do? Yeah, the Sabers. You know, you look at their prospect pool, and it's one of the strongest. You know, if you go by where they picked these players, you know, in the draft, we popped. We picked you know top fifteen for I don't know how many years. And, you know, we really haven't seen any results from any of these players besides Eichel, you know, Darlene. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, you know, but players like Reinhardt, you know, picked second overall. I, you know, I just like not really panned out. Um, you know, we got some good prospects in the AHL. You know, Casey Middlestead, I think he was too rushed. You know, he's, he's way too young to be playing this early. But, um, you know, Uka Pekalukunen. He needs to, uh, I think he needs to commit or get out, you know, honestly. He's uh, he's 21, and yeah, that's young, but, you know, start playing, you know, start starting him in the AHL a lot more, see what he's made of, and, you know, maybe bring him up to the NHL a couple of games. We did it with Linus Allmark, you know, and we saw how good he turned out, so I think we need to make these players commit or get out, and... I, we've seen it time and time again, you know, when fans are like, oh, this is our year, this is our year, and it really isn't our year. You know, we've, we've hired and fired, and I think we've done too much of that. Um, we need, you know, to commit to players, and we need players to commit to us. Um, and I think I don't think we've done enough spending in free agency. I think we, we could if we wanted to. I, I was big on Bobrovsky when he was – a free agent last year. I know he was, he he had ties in Florida, um, you know, for for a long time, and and then he got signed with them. But I think, you know, you look at uh, you look at teams who who signed these veteran goaltenders to kind of lead the younger ones. That's what we needed. That's what we needed to to guide Luka Pekalukkanen, you know. And unfortunately, we didn't sign him. And um, you know, I think our goalies need to be better. I think we need more scoring. You know, Jeff Skinner had 40 goals last year, but we need we need to sign more free agents, you know, and, and commit to them. We can't just let them go after one year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's tough, you know, because a lot of people, they don't 
doesn't seem like a lot of people love playing in Buffalo. Seems like, you know, they want to go to a uh, a Toronto or a uh, a Boston or, you know, a Tampa or any of these places. It's, it is tough to bring in free agents, but if you if you're able to give out the money, then, you know, do it if you if you like that player. I, I wonder, you know, with a guy like like VC, you know, he's a guy that sticks out to me that, you know, Jason Botchel made the trade for him. Um, who else? Larson could be another one you could throw in this category. You know, Curtis uh, Lazar, um, Froelich, uh, even Wayne Simmons, you could say. They're, they're kind of like, I kind of think of them as kind of placeholders for some of these guys in Rochester to fully develop because Bottrell is big and he's been open about saying this. He's big on having guys be, you know, go out into Rochester for seasoning, which again makes me wonder why he had middle set up. So really it kind of seemed like it went against what he believes in, but I mean, that's, I don't know, what are we going to do about that? But guys like Middlestat, um, guys like uh, Rasmus Asplin, I like him a lot. Um, you know, there's guys, um, who's another one? Uh, Tage Thompson, you know, he's the guy we got from uh, in the O'Reilly deal. Um, there's a defenseman I like, Casey uh, Fitzgerald. We drafted him, I believe, in the second or third round last year or a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I like him a lot. There's guys that... You know, you're waiting for, and then Dylan Cousins, obviously. There's guys that were waiting for them to be, you know, great players. But then, you know, you got to give Bottrell credit for a few of the trades he's made. You know, getting Shiri and Rodriguez, and Rodriguez was vocal. He said, I want to get out of here. You know, they got him out of town, and he was able to bring in a Dominic Cahoon, who I really, really like. He was the second leading scorer over in Europe behind uh, Dreisaitl. So he's able to put the puck in the net. Um, who's another guy? Um... Well, we saw how well Olsen turned out you know, yeah. after being in the AHL for a while. Yeah, he's and that and that's I think what Botchel is trying to do. And now, because he'll be able to let you know, um, Larson will come off the books. A few other guys are coming off the books um, with salary cap. And then now Botchel this off season is gonna have his his time. And I bet you he sold the Pagulas on like a three year plan, kind of like Brandon Bean did with the Bills. I'm hoping he did, and he says, look. You know, this is where Marie saying the cap, and this is the off season that he's got to, you know, spend money and bring in scores because we can't have Eichel do everything. It just doesn't work in right. hockey. It doesn't. I mean, VC will be gone. I mean, he was he didn't work out. I know we have. I think we have one more year of Johansson. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if Gergensen's is off the books this year. I can't really remember. But there's guy, and I love some of the trades he's made. I love Brandon Montour. I love the Yoki Haru trade. I don't, I don't even mind the Colin Miller trade. I thought that was that was okay. I like the Wayne Simmons trade. It's risk-free. It's a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. It was like a conditional thing. Um, that's a, that, I mean, they're all small little trades, but I think he's just waiting for these players to come up like Middlestat, Thompson, Aspen, Cousins, and then have um, you know this younger nucleus in the bottom six and hopefully a few of them in the top six and then hopefully be able to spend some money in free agency. And another thing, I really think you got to start hitting on late-round draft picks. Like Olafson, I think he was a late-round draft yeah. pick. But he's really the only one that comes to mind as a stud that came out of the late rounds. You see guys like Jamie Benn, I think, fifth round. I think yep. Zetterberg was late. Mm-hmm. You see those guys that, that are franchise cornerstones coming out, coming in the last couple rounds of the draft. We really haven't had that and I think if you're able to hit on those players, that's a real boost to you because you don't have to spend another high-round draft pick on that position or spend money in free agency. Right, and obviously those guys do take a while to develop, but yeah. it is worth it if you get a guy like Ben or Zetterberg. 
All right, let's uh, let's go on here to our. Um, thought that was a pretty good talk for our Sabres. Hopefully, they can turn it around, man. I because yeah. you know people always talk about Buffalo, and yeah, it's a, it's a big football town. I mean, obviously now the Bills are on the rise, but I'll tell you when their hockey team is doing good, when the Sabres are rolling. I mean, it, I remember that ten game win streak. I mean, that place was buzzing. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable when hockey is is going well because you see all these guys. You know, like people of my dad's age are like, oh. You know, maybe we're back to, you know, back at the odd when we had, you know, all these great players, you know, when we had Danny Gare and all them and, you know, all these great players. But uh, let's go on to our top five list. Now, this one, we kind of went a break away from sports in a way. You know, we're all Western New Yorkers here. We all, um, you know, everyone knows this is the home of the chicken wings. So we have each of us made our top five places to get wings in Western New York. So, Nuge, we're going to start with you. Who, what is your top five places for wings and please by the way before we get before i let nudes talk here uh follow us on twitter uh for our um uh at talk tbj and then instagram tbj talk follow us and on twitter uh we are going to have a poll of uh best wing joints uh in western new york so make sure you follow us and vote on that all right duck go ahead i think anyone who has talked to me about this subject knows what my first one's going to be and it's going to be raised tavern the uh, salt and pepper wings. I always get a weird look when I'm describing it to people, but hands down, the best chicken wing I've ever had. I think that's the best rub ever, too. Number two, I'm going to go with Elmo's. I really like Elmo's. They double dip their wings. You can have, like, Cajun barbecue, and I think that's just a great idea. Very good. Then I got Doc Sullivan's, Gabriel's Gates, and Ma Moser's. All, all around downtown Buffalo. All places I've been before a Bills game or a Sabres game. All... They're all very good wings, in my opinion. You really can't go wrong with any place on this list. You're you're gonna get a great wing at any of them. What about you, Marty? What are your top five uh, places for wings uh, in Western New York? Well, I'm actually surprised because two of Nuge's were on my list. Um, number one is the same one that Nuge had, Raised Tavern. Unbelievable wings. Ten out of ten recommend. Um, yeah, I mean the salt and pepper wings, just unbelievable. Um, Number two, uh, you know, I've uh, I was debating on this one for a while, and um, you know, I know I'm going to get some criticism from this, but uh, the original Duffs, the original Duffs, you know, the one on Sheridan um, in Amherst, it's great wings. Obviously, I, I remember going there as a kid, you know, coming home from hockey. So that one, uh, you know, definitely top five for me. Uh, another one, number three, Elmo's Wings, like Nuge said. Um, you know, great wings uh, in Getzville. Uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> there's just too many wings places to choose from, true. you know, around here. But um, another one, uh, We Checks, you know, in Buffalo. Um, you know, great wings. They also make, you know, great um you know, great fish fries and stuff like that, but they have great breaded wings and, and, uh, in, in downtown Buffalo. And then, uh, number five, um, I guess, I guess three of Nuge's were on mine, uh, Ebenezer's, um, in, uh, I believe that's in West Seneca, right? Right, Nuge? Yeah. 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 So Ebenezer's number five. So there's my list. That's a good list. And all these places I love going to, like before Sabres games, especially, um, usually Bills games, I'm tailgating, but uh, Sabres games, I love going to these places. So my number one, my favorite place for wings is uh, Gabriel's Gate in Buffalo. I remember I went there um, 
for uh before a Sabres game and uh oh, I just I just love their wings. They're they're how I like it. They're crispy. They're they're not too saucy, but just enough sauce and they're they're one of my favorite they're my favorite wings. Two, just like you guys, Ray's Tavern in Youngstown. Um I mean Nuge introduced me to the salt and pepper wings and I every time I go there I get uh I get the salt and pepper now and they're and they're crispy and they're good. It's funny, you know, these places you know, Ray's isn't exactly like known for their wings. It's not their centerpiece like a Duff's or a Gabriel's right. Gate or anything. But it's those those little, you know, family owned places that actually has great wings. And honestly, you can probably go to just about any family-owned place in, in western New York, and you're probably going to get some good chicken wings. Uh, number three, I have uh, Apple Grannies um, in Lewiston. That's another place. It's in the same kind of category as Ray's. You don't think about it. You know, usually you get, um, you know, just some, you know, a sandwich there or something like that. But uh, the the wings there are fantastic. I am a huge fan of, uh, of Apple Grannies wings, and they have pretty good fries, too. Four, like you guys, uh, Elmo's. I mean, you guys touched on it. They're just... It's just a fantastic wing. And then number five, I was thinking about this list, and uh, Declan uh, brought it up to me, and I and I remember it. I'm like, you're right, that is that should be on my list. It's uh, in Lewiston, across the street from Apple Granny's, uh, the Brickyard or the BBC, um, their house rub. Not if you know, not your traditional mild, medium, or high, but it is fantastic. Kind of like a breaded kind of style, right, Declan? Kind yeah, of breaded. It's, it's just it's a rub on. It's kind of like salt and pepper. You're not getting any uh, sauce on that or anything. You just it's a rub. Right, and it, and they're fan- I mean everything. I love the Brickyard. You know all the um, the barbecue and stuff. But no, the Brickyard House Rub uh, has to be my um, my favorite wing so far. So um, and but and before we um, you know we end this here. Um, Marty, you would know, I think, a little bit more than us. Who are some of like the big free agents that are probably going to hit the market this offseason in the NHL? Um, number one, uh, there's, you know, first of all, there's a lot of time between now and July 1st. Um, you know, but uh, Alex Petrangelo is is my number one. Um, you know, he's, he's the offensive you know, defenseman on, on, uh, the St. Louis blues. And he's, and he's really good, you know, um, on the power play, you know, very good power play quarterback. You know, in my opinion, he, he, uh, reminds me of, of how John Carlson runs the power play, just, you know, the umbrella type power play he just sits up top and runs it. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be an interesting, um, debate on whether he's going to sign. They've got some big contracts in St. Louis, so I don't know. Um, another one, I think, 95 percent he's going to become a free agent uh Braden Holpe um you know he's he's a little bit older and um you know he he didn't really have a good season so far you know we we saw a lot of we saw a lot of Ivan Sam or I think that's his first name uh Ilya Ilya Samsonov um you know who's who's a young rising uh goaltender um it'll be interesting to see where Holpe lands because I think a lot of teams are looking for goaltenders now possibly the Rangers, you know, um, Taylor Hall expected to become a free agent. You know, it's unfortunate because he didn't really get, get to spend a lot of time in Arizona. And I don't know if you'll want to resign there, you know, maybe a player like him wants to go to a bigger market. Um, cause obviously in Arizona, you know, hockey isn't the biggest thing. Um, and, uh, last one, I think my, uh, my boy, Tory Krug, uh, for the Bruins, We'll see if he resigns because at this point, if he hasn't resigned by now, it's definitely a money issue. Um, because you know who want who wouldn't want to play in Boston? He's been such a critical player 
you know, for them. And especially with a rising defensive core that they have, you know, you need a Tory Krug. So I, I hope they get to resign him. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I think one you missed here was uh, Robin Lehner, the old, uh, old Buffalo guy. Uh, you right. know, you saw him in the Islanders, had a great year last year. He had to take a prove-it deal this year to prove it wasn't a fluke. Ended up, he's now on the Knights, and he's, he's having another good year. So I think he's going to command another uh, starting job in a salary over $5 million, which I see Thomas shaking his head over. It here. just makes me so mad that it's just another Buffalo guy that, you know, <laughs> either we couldn't make it work, he couldn't make it work here, whatever you want to say. It's just another guy that, you know, leaves Buffalo and – is extraordinary. It yeah. it does it's it's unbelievable. Uh, he people hated him in Buffalo because he could he he was there. I mean he couldn't stop anyone in the shootout. There was this and that. He was I don't know. There was just so much stuff, and I just it just makes me so mad that another guy. You know I guess we could say you know got away and we traded a first round pick for him. I remember Tim Murray traded a first round pick to Ottawa um, in order to get him, and people were mad. You know he, you know, because Tim, I remember he was big on, you know, he wanted big goaltenders and Leonard's, you know, six foot five, and he's, I mean, he's a big boy. But and then I, he, you know, he didn't come in, he didn't prove he was a first round pick, you know, waste, and and then he leaves and he goes to the Islanders and he has a great year, and then I'm like, all right, maybe that's just you know Barry Trotz. No, then he's gonna go to Vegas and prove it again. So just another guy in Buffalo that you know had to get away. And I hope that there's guys in the in the free agent market. Um, another one that I'm looking up right now, Tyler Toffoli. Uh, maybe he hits the market. There's I just hope that there's guys that the Sabres can add um, into their top six and then maybe one or two um, in your bottom six. Um, you know, we'll see what Botchel's got, um, you know, cooking up. I know Tyson Berry um, from Toronto. I know a lot of guys in Toronto aren't that high on him. You know, I know a few um, Maple Leafs fans that um, aren't the – they're not the biggest fans of him. They're not. They right. don't. They they didn't like that. They did, they liked the trade, but then when they when they got them, they weren't the biggest uh, biggest fans of them. So that's um you know, kind of a sh- um a shame to see because I, I remember in Colorado he was a nice uh, a nice defenseman, but yeah. I guess in Toronto he hasn't really um, lived up to the hype. So um so I guess that'll do it here for uh, episode five here on uh, TBJ Talk. We had a a good crew here. This might have to be. Uh, you know this, and this does not leave this room. Uh, Bobby and Julian, you know this is this is a good crew we got here. I like doing this, uh, just talking hockey, and uh, I mean, obviously we haven't, you know, we talk all sports, but um, you know, with the pause in the season, it is kind of tough to uh, to talk sports. So, uh, so Marty, first of all, I just want to say thank you for uh, you know for joining us here. I thought uh, I thought you did a great job, man. That was awesome. You were great. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I you know I appreciate talking talking hockey with you know people who. Uh, who share the same interests with me and, you know, definitely taking a break from just thinking about it myself, you know, with all this little contact that we're having now. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I was part of it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. And, um, you know, I hope everyone is uh, staying safe and, um, we'll, we'll keep trying to come out with, uh, with episodes. I know a few people on Twitter, uh, Mr. Baker, I'm talking about you, uh, who said, who's tweeted at us and said, keep coming out with new episodes. We need something to, um, to uh, take our mind off this whole uh, coronavirus thing. So I hope everyone's staying safe, uh, practicing social distancing. I uh, hope everyone is, um, you know, just following the rules of, uh, of what uh, people above us are saying. So uh, our thanks to Maddie Seely, our director of graphic design, Meg Buzal, our director of social media, and Miss Mahar, our audio supervisor, Thomas Baya, Andrew Martin, and Declan Nuge-Ferry saying so long from our Western New York studios. Hope you tune in next time. Have a great rest of your day and stay safe, everyone.